fuck yes. Welcome to After the Hype. With me, your host is always Brian Dressel. With me this week is Mr. Jonathan Hardesty. Yep, me and only me. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, we had some, uh, I'll call it scheduling disasters over the past week. So the next two episodes are going to be these little more intimate things. John and I are doing one this week, then Chewie and I will be doing one next week. Um, and it's going to be kind of like our Valentine's Day episode, although John and I are not going on a date together. Um, we are just going to share movies that we enjoy with each other. Uh, Which is the same thing. It's the same thing. <laughs> Uh, but you'll notice a, a slight dip in our audio quality. I apologize. Uh, we're both recording off our laptops or speakers off our or microphones off our laptops, but not in a room together with all of our lovely recording equipment that I spent too much money on. Um, it's truly the uh, Los Angeles way, being in the same city, but recording over a, a messenger. Oh, absolutely. Like, if we could drive to each other in about 20 minutes, or we could just stay in the comfort of our own homes. That's the LA way. It's perfect, really. Yeah, it works out great. Um, so just a little bit of housekeeping coming up uh, coming up after these next two episodes. I might have mentioned it last week. I honestly don't remember. But we have Your Name and Into the Spider-Verse coming out, which I'm very excited to talk about. And we have two very awesome guests lined up uh, who are really excited to talk about it with us. Uh, so you have to get through this episode and next episode, and then we'll be back to our regular scheduled programming, and then we won't. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll still like this episode. It'll be yeah. fine. Oh, no, this one's still good. These are still good episodes, but if you were expecting another full-blown review, that's going to be about two weeks away. And then you get two episodes, and then you get uh, repeats for a little while as we take our, our yearly break. Is that the end of all the housekeeping stuff? I feel like it is. Sounds about right. Uh, so, yeah. So this week, uh, John and I, we decided to try to go back and think about movies that... Uh, Either we enjoyed and nobody else did, or everyone enjoyed and we didn't. And I think we both kind of went for the latter or the former. Um, and uh, we came up with some weird ones. And I was gonna do like a where have you been doing and all that sort of stuff, but it just doesn't feel like the right place for that. Like, who cares? Like, do you care what I did this week, John? I, I honestly uh, don't no, care what never. you watched. Yeah, 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 never. Yeah, no. So we're, we'll save those for the full episodes. Um, although I will say, everyone should play Detroit Become Human. It's pretty fucking awesome. But I'll talk about it more later. Uh. So back to our movies. I I picked one that is uh, widely known as a horrible movie. It is widely known as uh, the movie that almost killed somebody's career. Uh, it was it destroyed an entire character. The character's still a joke. Uh, it almost ruined Warner Brothers. I can, the list goes on and on and on. I picked the Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm sure everyone got to that point before you did in this. I would assume so, but it was... Uh, I still like the movie. I know that's problematic to say, but I do. Uh, well, here's a little bit of a spoiler. I kind of did, too. Right? It's it not just terrible. A little bit, yeah. It's not terrible, no. I, I It gets a bad rap. It's not a great movie. Do not get me wrong. It is not a great movie. In the grand scheme of comic book movies, it's probably near the bottom, but... So much better than people make it out to be. Uh, but so much better, and you can see the promise, too. Yeah! Like, there's... Ugh, we'll get into it. Uh, <laughs> John, what was your movie? My movie was um, Inspector Gadget with Matthew Broderick and Rupert Everett. <laughs> and um, I love this Andy no preamble. It's, we're just diving into this. I picked a bad one. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, my bad. 50 Lashes. No, this was like the, the Disney's foray into, like, remaking childhood cartoon into something like a live action thing and they never kind of cracked it ever i don't care and what any of you say it, yeah it's still terrible no this is a prophecy this is a prophecy film <laughs> you watch this and it's like yeah i bet aladdin's gonna be great 
And so is Dumbo. Dumbo will be wonderful. <laughs> yeah, because Tim Burton is the bankable director that he always used to be. Yeah, no, I, I picked it from a weird sense of nostalgia at how TV movie goofy it was. And when I watched it again, it uh, did not, well, it kind of did and did not disappoint. <laughs> so I kind of want to start with your movie and then we'll, we'll kind of move into, we'll cover your movie for a little bit. We'll cover my movie for a little bit and then we'll kind of talk about how they oddly kind of relate to each other in a way honestly i'm not yeah, just thematically saying that. it worked well it, it thematically kind of worked and then like uh as far as like global impact of this character very works like works incredibly well um but we'll, we'll get into that later on uh but i'll start with your movie so i saw your movie in theaters and i hated it um <laughs> yep <laughs> i don't remember why i saw it in theaters uh but oof it was I can rough. think of a few reasons why you might have. I mean, it came out in 99, so I was, what, 13? Maybe? Maybe 12? Okay. 12, 13-ish? So, I mean, I would have been the right-ish age to see it and possibly enjoy it, I guess. Um, but even from, like, the trailer, that's like you just look at this and it's like, oh, that looks like a disaster. Like, who thought this was a good idea? Apparently Disney. Yeah. Yeah, who signed off on it and who, like... Who thought that the audience was still, like, chomping at the bit for an Inspector Gadget thing? Yeah, uh, they weren't. Uh, actually, it, did, it didn't do that bad. It made 134 no. on a $90 million budget, so that's not terrible. It made its money back. Um, made a little bit of profit. But it, it just, oof. Uh, and but, it's, it's, it's a weird thing, because uh, also, they've been continually trying to bring Inspector Gadget back. Netflix even did, too. Yeah. And, woof. Also, woof. But worse, woof. <laughs> that's saying something, too. Uh, do you want to give a quick rundown of this movie? Uh, if, do you remember it well enough? Uh, I'll go as best I can. Um, <laughs> it's it starts with Matthew Broderick in this weird dream sequence where he's a an actual cop walking around, like walking down the street doing Mister Cop sort of things, and the townsfolk love him. And there's this runaway bus. The brakes are broken, and his uh, cousin or uh, niece uh, Penny is on the bus, being like, "Help us, Uncle John." And he does this really ridiculous superhero move to get everyone saved and out of the way and keep the bus from crashing in. And some lady, the, the character played by Julie Fisher, she's like, oh, you're so amazing. And he's like, all in a day's work. And he wakes up with his dog kissing him, Penny kissing him. Or I'm forgetful on the name. I think Penny is the niece. and Penny's the niece. Brain is the dog. Brain is the dog. I, I remember that off the top of my head inexplicably i had that flipped which is a a weird situation i couldn't Um, name either one of them so you're doing better than me yeah so he wakes up and he's just a a good old security guard for a goofy scientist and his uh daughter who matthew broderick's character uh john likes and uh, they're trying to discover how to automate machinery and robots and they learn it's from the heart the heart is what gives machinery its power and then (laughs) rupert everett's character mr claw but he's not called that they never really call him that Um, i thought they did at one point don't they call uh, him claw maybe later but like he never refers to himself like it's weird they try to dance around it and then mention it a couple times it's and he doesn't have the voice like how did you get it like where's that right uh it's very much oh british uh (laughs) but yeah so they send out a little weird robot and uh kill the scientist and everyone's sad and um they kind of drop that and then well they 
Detective John tries to go and like stop this from happening. He's too late to save the the scientist. And then Rupert Everett's Mr. Claw or the Claw, but not the Claw, uh, blows up his car. <laughs> and so they have to rebuild him, like six million dollar man. Except they use all sorts of things that you might find at the Home Depot store, including rubber hoses and things like that. And then what proceeds is just him trying to learn to be Inspector Gadget, and then eventually take down the Claw. Which the rest of it is all just skits of that of that nature getting the car voiced by dl hughley and God, i forgot uh, about dl hughley yeah. i mean like in general as a human being i kind of forgot he was out there uh, right so oh, too he's... bad he's actually really funny i actually uh not to interrupt and just kind of derail your breakdown but i i it's worth derailing <laughs> i actually really like dl hughley in this like yeah when i sit down to watch this most of the movie is grinding and nonsensical and just kind of a pain in the ass um but he's kind of a little beacon of joy in this one. Him and um, uh, Michelle Trachtenberg, like they're both just like, oh, you know what you're here for, and it's fun. Whereas Matthew Broderick is doing his damnedest to have that same level of fun, but you, he's just too good of an actor. He is, and you can kind of tell once like evil Inspector Gadget comes onto the scene, which that's a weird subplot that also gets added in. When yeah. he gets captured, they steal his chip, they make evil Inspector Gadget, and then Matthew Broderick's doing like some of the... like. He's doing some stellar slapstick. Yeah. This movie's not worthy of because it's just, it is professional masterclass level. And that's the thing is like the, the movie is just such a mismanaged, like just weird ball. Like, I, I don't even know how to describe it really. Cause it's like, I watched the, the opening of this movie, which you described really well. The, uh, the kind of like dream sequence craziness. And I'm like, why isn't the whole movie just like this? I mean, I know we've seen that experiment tried and failed a few times, primarily looking at Speed Racer, but there's things in Speed <laughs> Racer that I like. Like, I don't think it's a terrible movie beginning to end. Just like this isn't a terrible movie beginning to end, it's just, like, 90% terrible. Where the 10% that works is, like, that opening, uh, D.L. Hughley, Michelle Trachtenberg. I actually don't mind, uh, ah, crap, now I forget his name, Claw. Uh, Rupert Everett. Yeah, I actually don't mind him, either. I, I just no, he's he's got this smarm that like at first you're like what is what are they going with with this and then he kind of wins you over with his kind of winking at the camera thing and it, it's like reminiscent of um, De Niro in the Rocky and Bullwinkle movie like what are you doing here like you are way too good for this but you're actually kind of charming in this way beneath you role. Yeah, it's like you, you wanted to be in this movie, it looks yeah. like. like. It looks like he's like, ah, I got a kid. I bet he'd have fun watching me in this. I'll just do this for a little while. I'll cash a multi-million dollar paycheck. I'll show up on set for a few months, and, you know, that's it. And I can't really blame him for doing that, because he did a good job. I, I, and that's not to say Matthew Broderick did a bad job. I just... Uh, it's it like a we very said interesting early. choice. Yeah, it's kind of... He's just... I don't want to say he's too good for it, because... It's, maybe it's, he is. I don't. I don't know. And maybe it's more of a just like you said a mat a mismatch thing, more of like they're all operating at different RPMs and yeah. Matthew Broderick is really gunning for it, and everyone else is more like, "Yo, man, this is a fun, chill movie." Yeah, like they they just feel like they're in different movies. Like Matthew Broderick is in a Three Stooges movie, and everyone else is in this kind of like uh, almost Terry Gilliam Dream World looney tunes thing and it's like these should go together really well but for some reason they don't yeah and and you're right that it's kind of all the whole package is kind of that way and when you you only have to look to its parts to get to that because like there's also interstitials in between this of like bouncing gears and like there's like transitions honest to god transitions. transitions 
<laughs> Boing. Every, Boing. every time they come up, it's like, who thought this was a good idea? Did they get fired? <laughs> We're gonna use it, no. but you're fired. Like that. That that is the reaction they deserved. No, they pitched Dumbo. No, just kidding. <laughs> but what if? Uh, you might be right. If Tim Burton worked on this, right? Oh, we're going hard against that. Tim Burton and Dumbo this episode. <laughs> yeah, no, Good. but I mean, mad respect for OG Burton, but like, still, you know. Yeah, OG Burton. Everything right. post uh, Sweeney Todd. And I know Oof. that Frankenweenie is in that list. I'm well aware. I'm gonna stick with my. <laughs> um, let's talk a little Green Lantern. Um, okay. Yeah, switching gears a little bit. Yeah. Oh, gears. Um. Boing, boing, go, gadget, go. <laughs> there we are. Uh, so Green Lantern, I can do a really quick summary because it, it really is just a Hal Jordan, sorry for all the creaking noises, uh, a Hal Jordan origin story more so than a, a Green Lantern origin story, which is problematic uh, to say the least. Uh, this is a movie directed by Martin Campbell who's just coming off of like a James Bond movie. Like These are some huge people coming at this. Jeff Johns. Uh, helped with the story who if you've listened to after the hype ever you know i'm a diehard fan of jeff johns i think he's a brilliant comic book writer maybe not the best screenwriter uh i guess we'll see i know he did help with it's Aquaman, like maybe you don't start with the hardest character to put to film <laughs> it's not even that he's the hardest character he's the hardest character to do well in film he's great in comic books um, but the, the long and the short of it is basically Hal Jordan is being Hal Jordan on Earth, which is Ryan Reynolds. Uh, he's just kind of a way too overconfident uh, test pilot or fighter pilot, depending on uh, if there's a war or not. Um, Abin Sewer's uh, spaceship after he got somehow derailed from Parallax. I don't remember exactly what the Parallax thing was in the beginning of this movie. Um, but he crash lands on Earth, dies, gives Hal Jordan his ring, uh Ring sends Hal Jordan off into space so that he can train with the Green Lanterns, and all of your favorite Green Lanterns are there for all of three minutes. Um. <laughs> it, it is kind of like the movie was very much in a hurry to get to all those because I think for most of the movie I was pretty lost as someone who's not familiar with Green Lantern yeah. things. It was difficult to keep up, which kind of kept me like, okay, at least Ryan Reynolds is here to have that like smart ass remark or something. Yeah. And I don't think, I still don't think Ryan Reynolds was the wrong choice for Hal Jordan. I know a lot of people, especially Green Lantern fans violently disagree with me on that, but I I don't think he was necessarily a bad choice. I just don't think they wrote Ryan Reynolds as Hal Jordan. I feel like they just wrote Ryan Reynolds as Ryan Reynolds and just assumed that if they said he was Hal Jordan, we'd all be along for the ride. And it's kind of like they remember him from Van Wilder. Yeah. Had no kind of, insight as to what he could become with like the Deadpool series and just how he could he could carry that the humor of that and yeah. the just the complicated nature of the comic itself. Yeah, totally cuz like this movie had a lot like a lot of weight to pull cuz Warner Brothers wanted it to be a launching point for the DC universe. Uh it's supposed to be the launching point for Ryan Reynolds' career post being just a handsome guy in college movies. Uh there's so much writing on this movie uh, that it's it's a classic Warner Brothers tale of just how many studio heads are involved with this movie. All of them? Uh, that won't be a good movie. And then it wasn't. I mean, we got that again with Batman v Superman, which again, famously, I enjoy. Uh, Justice League, which I don't enjoy as much. Um, and it wasn't until like Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and I, from what I hear, Shazam. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. I'll see it the weekend it comes out. Uh, but the less studio involvement, the better the movie. And Green Lantern, you can just see 
Can you fit a like a Amanda Waller in that? Can you fit so and so in that? Can you fit all the Green Lanterns in there? Like it just kind of felt like how much can we jam into this one movie to kickstart our cinematic universe? Uh, and they just they chose way too much because the the story is just so lackluster. Like you have Parallax, you have Sinestro, you have Hector Hammond, you have so many villains, and none of them get a time to shine. And it all just, of them could have been their own movie too. Exactly. Which is, yeah, easily. Like, is this the movie. villain of the movie? Is this the villain of the movie? No, this is the villain. Oh no, wait, no, no. They could they could all be the mm, which one? Which one are we sticking with? Yeah, uh, we're gonna stick with all of them, and uh, the villain is a cloud. <laughs> what? <laughs> The skeletal version of the mummy cloud. Oof. Uh, so did Galactus take a break from Silver Surfer and come over to this one? Like, like It's Galactus on meth. <laughs> I mean, what was with that period of time with like, oh yeah, all villains are clouds. Just the amorphous nature of villainy in the world, you know, today or whatever. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's better than where we're at now. Where, I mean, I guess we are kind of out of it. But every movie needed a sky beam. Beware of the sky beam. Shut down the sky beam. <laughs> Oh shit! You just spoiled my D and D campaign. <laughs> oh shit! I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I was banking on that sky beam. Nah. All hail the sky beam! Fuck, even Avengers had a sky beam. Everyone had a sky beam. Oh, sky everyone... beams are so hot. <laughs> They're so hot right now. Clouds are so <laughs> five minutes ago. Uh... <laughs> oh man, comic movies have had a rough ride. Um... But that's the thing. Like you have all of these problems, like all of these very clear-cut problems from studio involvement to bad screenwriting to mismatched char- to mismatched characters to not enough screen time for certain characters. Just everything went wrong. But the problem is that all that stuff that was in there, you could see whoever decided to do that or whatever reason there was to start that started from a good place. Like it's kind of like what you said earlier. You could see promise in it. Yeah, I mean. And I can't really hate on the cast either, because you've got some really good actors in this, especially Skarsgård, yeah. who, like, giving his all for the dumbest character on in the movie. Like, oh my god. Hector Hammond is such a tough character to pull off, even in comic books. Like Most comic book writers don't even go near him, because he's just a weird dude. He's a basically disembodied floating head. Like, he has a little limp body thing that kind of hangs around on the bottom of him like a tail, but otherwise, he's just a big-ass head. That's weird. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's yeah, like John Barrow, man. There's a, a reference for you. Um, <laughs> I meant his character from uh, Doctor Who, not just that he has a big head, although he does have a big head. Um, yeah, I mean, big heads unite, eh, right? <laughs> <laughs> Talking about myself, I have a big head. Uh, so do I. So Hats are a bitch, but I found some that I like. Um, well, at least you found some. <laughs> yeah. I put them on and I'm sad because it doesn't fit around. <laughs> it doesn't fit through the brim. It's like... Uh, uh, I couldn't compare it because it's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I agree with what you're saying on like the cast. Like you can't really knock too many of them. Like I really like the Amanda Waller. I thought I forget who it was now. Uh, I had it up here a second ago. Uh, Angela Bassett. Like Angela Bassett's amazing. Yeah, you get Angela Bassett for your your comic book movie, and you've got it. Yeah, Angela like, Bassett. You had Jeffrey Rush. You had like uh, Mark Strong as Sinestro. Like you just had the right people, and even Blake Lively. Like I know Blake Lively gets a lot of shit because for some reason people decided she wasn't a good actor. I don't know when. 
I don't know when that meeting was held. I disagree with it. Um, well, the meeting was held. They decided she was a bad actress and then, like, missed all the movies where she proved them wrong. Like, yeah. they just didn't go to them. Because it was, like, one after another. She's great in every... Like, that's vi- I don't think I've seen her turn in a bad performance. Even as Carol Ferris, which is the worst rendition of Carol Ferris ever, she did a good job with the character they gave her. It wasn't her fault they didn't know who Carol Ferris was. Um... But, like, then you even go to, like, the... I forget the name of it now, but the one where she fights a shark. She was great in that movie. Yeah. She no, carried no. the whole thing. The whole movie was her on a rock not wanting to die. She was great the whole way through it. So, <laughs> that's not an easy feat. No. I mean, hell, even Castaway Drax, and that's got Tom Hanks in it. Like, if she's doing stuff that I'm comparing her to Tom Hanks, I think she's pretty good. Uh, it's just unfortunate that no one else is kind of there. Uh, yeah, and I'm also looking at the rest of this cast list here, and I'm just, again, my mind is boggled, because you've got Tim Robbins playing a smarmy government dude. Yep. Um, you've got uh, Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi's it, in this! Yeah, as the best friend, which I forgot he was in this. He should probably have directed it, but, you know, they didn't know how good of a director he was at the time. Oh, that is something I should bring up before I forget. Uh, having seen Thor Ragnarok, Guardians of the Galaxy, and now Captain Marvel... This movie came out at the wrong time. Yeah. It yeah. needed it needed the encouragement of these other movies to realize that you're close to what you're going for. And I think that's kind of why I can't say I hate this movie. Because it's just out at the wrong time. The pieces aren't ready, I guess. Yeah, it's just they, they took it out of the oven a little soon. Like, and, and I mean that both as the movie and as like the timing of the movie. It just wasn't... This thing just wasn't ready. Like, it just was not... Like, the script wasn't done yet, I don't think. I mean, obviously, they thought it was. But there's just too many problems. But before we get too far out of the cast, I do want to mention, this also has Michael Clark Duncan as Kilowog. Like, that casting could not have been more on point and perfect. Like, he is Kilowog, or was Kilowog. Unfortunately, he has passed, which still bums me out whenever I see anything with him in it. Um, But yeah, so cast, story was decent, wasn't great. Um, but everything was just kind of fine. Uh, but then, and this is where I kind of want to bring back in Inspector Gadget. This movie did so poorly, was so panned, people hated it so much that it made a joke out of Ryan Reynolds, it made a joke out of uh, Blake Lively, and it made a joke out of Green Lantern as a character. To this day, Green Lantern doesn't sell as well because of this movie. They have Grant Morrison writing it now. You don't get much bigger in comics than Grant Morrison, and the book still isn't selling very well. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of the thing is after watching the movie, and this might not even be fair on my part, but as someone not familiar with it, it's like, if I was interested, the questions that I had about this, I was like, I'm curious about this, kind of went pleh yeah. as soon as the credits rolled, because it like sapped any curiosity. It was it was a fun enough movie, and I realized I didn't hate it, and I kind of liked it in parts, but it really tries its damnedest to uh, make you not curious about the character in any iteration. And it's so weird cuz like the a lot of it does really well, but at the same time like it just yeah, it just it kills curiosity, which is not what any movie should do. Um and the flip side of this going back to Inspector Gadget, uh which is it's a tough comparison to make, but I would also say this one had the same sort of effect of Oh yeah, I remember Inspector Gadget. Inspector Gadget was cool. I like Inspector Gadget. This movie comes out, Inspector Gadget's lame. Nobody likes it. And it has never been able to shake off the stink of that. Uh, I mean, I'm sure the French Stewart sequel, directed DVD sequel didn't help anything, but... Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you get French Stewart and you're like, well, why don't we put some nails in that coffin? <laughs> Ooh. But like, that's the thing. is like, before that movie, 
I think my general reaction to if anyone brought up Inspector Gadget would have been like, oh yeah, do 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 Inspector Gadget. Like, and I would have been all into it. I'm like, yeah, I loved that show growing up. And now it's like, oh, Inspector Gadget. You mean like the Matthew Broderick movie? Boo. Yeah, and I'm drawing a blank because isn't this also kind of near the time that uh, Matthew Broderick and Godzilla came out as well? It would have been two years after it because this came out in 99. Two years? Yeah, and uh, Godzilla so was 97. Ca- so it's or 96, kind of that, that... but yeah, two, three years. It's kind of that this this era, this t- span of time is like not exactly the most kind to Mr. Broderick. No, I, I really hope he bitch slapped the hell out of his uh, his agent after these few movies because it really it killed his film career. Yeah, and then you watch him in later things, and even and just you remember how good he is, and like you have to question what why why this movie made you not like it, and you go back and realize. But that's the thing, like what later things? Like he doesn't act very much in movies. He's on Broadway still, and he's still having a very successful True. career. Of course, uh, I'm not trying to slight that at all. But as far as film career goes, he kind of disappeared. Like he had that short, like two three episode stint on Thirty Rock. Uh, and then he's just kind of mm, popped up right. here and there. Like, even roles that, like, uh, I got into a very big argument with a friend of the show, or co-host of the show, uh, Venture Bros, Graham. He and uh, his wife got, we all went and saw, uh, fuck, what was it? Um, Brad Bird, Tomorrowland. And I'm like, why was George Clooney oh. in this movie? This should have been Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick would have been perfect for this role. And they're like, no, he would look wrong. I'm like, no, he wouldn't. That's exactly the roles Matthew Broderick should be playing. Like, normal dad, but, like, inspiring person. Like, that is Matthew Broderick. Like, he, he the was... The ones that, like, they, that's not... that The dads that aren't a joke. Like, yeah. they kind of have him be goofy and a bit maybe affable, but, like, the movie's not laughing at his expense. And, like, that's the thing with him, is, like, you... He was Ferris Bueller. He had us all convinced that he was the most badass, confident, funny, everyone wanted to be him or sleep with him guy out there. And... And then the rest of his career, he's kind of a schlub. And it's just kind of weird that it went that way. Uh, and a lot of that, and I, I, I mean, I know this came much later in his career, and well after Ferris Bueller, but I, I credit a lot of the, the thinking of Matthew Broderick as kind of a dork and a dweeb and a schlub to this movie, to Inspector Gadget. And I, I could be a little off the mark there, but when I think of where, like, the turning point of, like, I love Matthew Broderick, Matthew Broderick's a Broadway actor and not a film actor, I think it happened right here. Yeah, I can't argue with that. It tracks. Because after this, I mean, he's popped up here and there. He's done all right, but it's just not the same. No. I think, uh, what was it, um, The Producers, when they did that the more recent remake of it for film, that was like a, a, another glimpse at like, oh, why aren't people using him in the but movies it, anymore? But even with that one, first off, the movie didn't do very well. And secondly, it was just because he had been on the Broadway version. They didn't cast him because ah, he was the, the right one for the role. They cast him because he was part of the revival on Broadway. Okay, yeah. So it's like, I want him to do better because I love Matthew Broderick, but it's just like, yeah. And like, that's the thing with the, going back to Green Lantern. It was the same problem with Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds did this, and it was just miss after miss after miss after miss until he got Deadpool. Right, and even Deadpool uh, 2, I believe, does goes to great lengths to make a joke and kind of put the uh, Green Lantern movie to bed. I think in a gag or something at the very end. Yeah, he's, uh, he's reading the script of Green Lantern like, all right, kid, you made it, and then Deadpool shoots him in the head. Yeah. And it's like... <laughs> And the, and the audience I was with at the theater for that movie laughed their asses off. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's what we think of that movie. 
<laughs> and it's one of those things like it's tough because i'm sitting in the theater watching this going i actually kind of like that movie like i i bought it on blu-ray like i had to find it on ebay because it's out of print <laughs> but like yeah and it's interesting though uh, coming at these two movies as one is both a uh, a disney movie uh, inspector gadget and uh green lantern as a dc property and just how the bias is still there at least the initial bias is still there even then yeah because you always want to go back and give inspector gadget the chance even though it's committing much of the same sins and maybe even worse than green lantern like i mean i'd say kind of it's only saving grace is that it's about 45 minutes shorter (laughs) right that's that's a great review for that movie You'll at least that, save 45 minutes of time. Yeah, if you have to watch one or the other, at least this one will only take you 45 minutes less. But that's the thing, is if I had to watch one of the two of them again, granted, keep in mind, I'm coming from an extreme bias here. I'd watch Green Lantern every time. Yeah. And it's just because it's a better movie. And it's not like it's not that I'm saying that Inspector Gadget is like not worthwhile. Like There are parts of it that I enjoy, like I said, about 10% of it. But... <laughs> uh, but Green Lantern, I like maybe 30%, maybe even 40%. Still not a great movie. In fact, on a grading scale, that's still an F. But I've seen worse <laughs> comic book movies. I've seen many worse comic book movies. And this one's always kind of like that beacon of, that's the worst, and no, it's not. No, no. Because I was, weirdly enough, the movie disappointed me in that it wasn't worse than it was. <laughs> Yeah, you're not gonna like. You're not gonna watch this one and laugh at the screen and how bad it is. You want to do that? Go rent Venom. Venom sucked. See, because that's the thing is like I kind of want to watch it just to laugh because I, I I don't laugh nearly as much as I should in life. Hey, <laughs> right, you just laughed right there. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You're laughing at your own sadness. <laughs> yeah, gif uh, screaming internally. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but like that's the thing. Like you want to watch a comic book movie to laugh at it. That one works great. Uh, Fantastic Four, Silver Surfer. That one works great. Uh, oh, Electra, I, I did see that one. Catwoman. Yep. Like the mm-hmm. list goes on and on for just horrid comic book movies. Fuck Howard the Duck. Terrible. So bad it's good. It's a movie that is literally so trash that you're like, mm, that's kind of entertaining. Right. Green Lantern is not that, which might make it less watchable than Howard the Duck, which is. I think that's kind of that time period too, but like that's kind of where those movies start to fail. Is like they you either have to go full like full on camp or like not even try because there's that middle ground that's like we know you want to be serious and no one no one did the the kind of wackiness of the plot and the the premise with the fun that like Guardians was finally able to pull off. Yeah, and, and like give, that, give permission, give movies permission to do that. Like you can't have any of these other movies without the permission of being weird. And Greenlander never had it. And that's it's so disappointing because I can't honestly think of a better property for weird, fun stuff than Green Lantern. Like that's why I've always been into Green Lantern because it's never the same thing. Like every issue is different because they're always going somewhere new with new species, new everything. It's kind of like it, it, they're space cops, but like it's fun. And the characters Ugh. are fun, and like especially which is the, so, yeah, which that's is so just sad not just to, in the movie. Well, that's the thing is like we get the space cops in Captain Marvel, and all I could think about during some of that was just like, there's Green Lantern too. Like, yeah, what was going on here? And like, I feel like I could have felt the same exact way in both of those movies because they are kind of the same movie. Oh, they're so enough. similar, and I love Captain Marvel because it's a good movie. <laughs> I love Green Lantern because I love Green Lantern. Um. 
But like you're right, they're they're very similar, and it, they 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 both do the same thing. Of here is a primarily cosmic character who's going to go out into the cosmos and fight, or we could spend the whole time on Earth. Don't you want to see this cosmic character on Earth? It's going to be more fun and cheaper to shoot, and <laughs> yeah, less animation. Yeah, and they both do it, and it's like <sighs> Captain Marvel did it better. Like it is as much as I don't like saying that against my 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 precious Green Lanterns, they did, and. Uh, <laughs> Green Lantern, like honestly, it could have, it should have gone either way. You could have done. So I'm Hal Jordan. Here's my ring. That alien just died. That's weird. I have powers. Who knew? And I'm gonna try to make them work. And then at the end of the movie, Kilowog or Toma Ray or even Sinestro shows up. Like, you are using a weapon unlicensed. We need to take you out into space and train you up because you are bad at your job. And that would have been a solid movie. Or. He finds the ring, they whisk him off into space, and it's just like the animated version that came out in, I want to say, 2005 for DC Animation. And just make that movie. And now he's out in space, being a space cop. And then, oh no, there's a problem on Earth, I need to go back, and sequel tease. Or sequel tease. And that would have worked. But instead they try to do both, and it's like, no. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. And another thematic connection between both the movies. Because they they try to kind of be the everything of this property. And neither succeed in it, and it kind of does more damage. Whereas, like at every any given point, you could, you found one movie in each like little moment, and especially like I, I thought that a lot during the Green Lantern one because you didn't have to go to all these places. I was just fine being here with the yeah. Amanda Waller element, or I was fine here with the Earth element for now, and then prompts me something bigger. Like, wait, this world is bigger? Oh my gosh! Yeah, and like with Inspector Gadget, it's just like. I don't even know where I'm going with that one, but it was. Well, that one just tried to put all those things into skits. Yeah, like, like that, of... that's what I was trying to say. Uh, uh, it was just so fucking choppy. Like the whole thing, it just it, it was a clip show of like, wouldn't it be fun if Inspector Gadget did this or this or this or this? Yeah, or and like this, and it's just... yeah, or this. <laughs> Let's put in the uh, the blue tubes. Let's yeah, put in the sink. Yeah. Let's put in the rubber gloves and the the bouncy springs. It's like it had to put everything in there because that's what was dictated. But, and it's like, hey, look, it's Princess Leia's sister. You guys like Princess Leia's sister, right? There she is. <laughs> and she'll be a robot, too, for a little bit. Cool, huh? Yeah, great. Ugh. Yeah, it's just weird how these movies had so much pressure to kind of do everything when the things that they're based off of are so expansive. And with the Green Lantern, that was the big problem for me. It was just coming into it. There was a lot of big dumps of lore that were like, these guard who are these guardians atop this rock who is all like once we got into space it was like oh cool space but what the fuck is going on because i didn't i don't know i mean i still don't know and i'm like i'm more reticent to like find out because like wow that was intimidating more so than like a, a dark souls game even where it's like like at least that has some breadcrumbs of like here's some hope to figure it out this was just like ooh, i guess i understand how people who have don't really like Lord of the Rings, how they feel when I try to explain Lord of the Rings, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, because like, Green Lantern is not an easy property to dive into. Like I, I did when I was much younger, and I just now I know the lore, but this movie had a lot to do. And honestly, I feel the same way about it now that I did then. If this would be a wonderful TV show, uh, this, this is you're asking a lot for people to be able to jump onto this thing as a movie. Yeah, and I, I kind of feel the same way about Inspector Gadget. Like even that version of it, if they'd done a live action Inspector Gadget movie that was kind of in the same vein, I would have been much more entertained by it. Yeah, even just the 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 general idea in the beginning that they were going for that ordinary man becomes this weird 
this weird, goofy $6 billion man sort of thing. Like, what a surprise that could have been in a TV show where they, they don't, like, let you know what's going on. Like, this is some other movie, like The Inspector. And at the very end, when he's rebuilt, it's like, oh, shit, this is Inspector Gadget. Like, you can you can always spend time with these things. And in genre, it's a lot easier or a lot better, I think, for most of them to go to TV. Yeah. Um. I do want to mention just some fun things about your movie. Uh, I don't have any fun <laughs> facts about mine. Uh, and then we can do uh, our, our... I was going to do favorite quotes for each of them, but I don't really have a quote for yours. I have one for mine. Mine's very obvious. But uh, if you want to do quotes, <laughs> we can. Um, but I do want to bring up these few little things because I find it interesting how movies end up being. I always have been. That's partially why I got into podcasting. Um, but the amount of people that they wanted to play the roles in this movie before they got the cast they wanted is almost comical. Uh, they wanted Cameron Diaz, but she said no. They wanted Brendan Fraser, but he said no. Then they wanted Kevin Klein, Steve Carell, Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, and Robin Williams, who all said no. Uh, they wanted uh, Spielberg to be the executive producer, and he was only going to do it if uh, Inspector Gadget was either Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, uh, but then he said no because he was working on Saver Private Ryan. Then the Farley Brothers oh, came on, and he was they were going to have Jim Carrey do it, and then they ended up saying no. And then they wanted Lindsay Lohan for Penny, and then she said no. And then they thought... Eddie Murphy should be the gadget mobile. <laughs> he said no. And then for Dr. Claw, they went to Tim Curry, James Earl Jones, Willem Dafoe, Jack Nicholson, John Lithgow, and Dennis Hopper. All of them said no. <laughs> oh, geez. And what's so what's so funny about that list is that there are a lot of those who ended up doing a, a dumb Disney movie. Yeah. <laughs> after after the fact. Yep. Like, okay, so they, they, they eventually got you. But that is funny. That, that list is hilarious. Uh, my favorite thing about all of it, though, is that <laughs> The original test screening, they screened the 110-minute mo- version of the movie, and then saw all the notes and cut it down to 78 minutes. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, Ooh. Okay. <laughs> that did that did remind me of an actual joke in the movie. Um, it's it's a joke that kind of kills me if anyone uses it. Where they say like, I forget what the line that leads up to it. It's about maybe watching too many cartoons. Oh, oh, someone's been watching too many Saturday morning cartoons. And then Andy Dick and uh, Rupert Everett, like, look at the camera. Like, look at you, the audience. And it's a long moment. I'm just like, holy... <laughs> I laughed again. Oh, that is a good one. I was actually going to look up a quote, because I, I, I know there was one in there that I ended up enjoying, but... Oh, no. just uh, Matthew Broderick's teeth as evil Inspector Gadget. <laughs> if that could be a quote, that's a great quote. <laughs> um, and then for Green Lantern, my quote is obvious. In brightest day and blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evils might beware my power. Green Lantern's light. Because that's the only quote you ever need in a Green Lantern movie. Um, oh, I feel bad because like, that quote is a good quote. But man, the movie was trying so hard to ruin that quote. And I was like, movie, stop doing this. Let him get, give him that moment. Make it earned. And it's a tough moment to pull off. Like, that is a tough mantra to pull off in an actual serious way. Because it is just so cheesy. And it works in comics, but in movies, that that was a long shot. And they, they missed. <laughs> they missed Oof. wide by a mile. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But all I, I still could think love of doing that. Is like, all, I could, all I could think of is just you kind of watching the movie being like, yes, this is the quote. But then hurting a little bit because it was also, like, painfully made. Yep. It's like, yeah, there it is. Oof. but oh well um but that was kind of everything i had for this thing was there anything that you really wanted to to throw out there about either movie or or are we uh i think we covered it 
Yeah, I mean, we addressed all the things, especially the uh, the connection between the two. Like again, once again, a double feature having a lot of thematic similarity and reference. Yeah, this one it pair like it was one of those ones where I was watching. I watched both of them and went. I don't really see how those go together at all. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, well, the movies themselves don't, but their impact definitely do. Yeah. Uh, and just all the things that they mean for the actors, for the careers, for the, the shift in careers, the for the technology. For the, the character of, that the product was about. Like, just all of it was very similar fallout. Well, and they've now recovered, and that's kind of sad, because... I mean, like that Green Lantern's core movie is just on the horizon out there. Like it's coming, we're gonna make it. Trust us. It's kind of that like that feeler that you put the feelers out. We're gonna make it. We're gonna make it. And when no one responds, oh well, you know, maybe not. And everyone's just, at this point, everyone's like, well, I mean, Johns is writing it. He was story producer in the other one, which means he didn't write it. He was just there to go. Your ideas are bad. Stop making those ideas. And it is about the core, which means it should be more in space, and both John Stewart and Hal Jordan are in it. I don't know why Kyle Rayner and Guy Gardner aren't showing up. That's kind of stupid because the Lantern's the best when they're together, <laughs> but I could go on for hours about that. Uh, so I, I'm cautiously optimistic about So what, so what you're saying core. is it, it's going to be like a space jam, but for the Green Lantern core. It should be. <laughs> that, yeah. that would be the move we would want to see. They put all their powers into a Green Lantern like basketball. <laughs> Again, it'd be better than what we got. Uh, <laughs> yep. And I like what we got, but that would be definitely better. Oh. Yeah. So I do. But one before we kind of wrap it up, I yes. do want to just draw some shame at just uh, the people who really hated on it. Like I was very surprised. Well, not surprised, but the hundred percent of the reaction I got when I mentioned I was watching the movie was just like, "I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for your loss," or yeah. "I feel bad for you," or "It sucks." I was like great what am i what am i getting into and man they they lied to me it wasn't that bad okay so let's do a, a quick round of plugs and then we'll get out of here so this is thursday so that means in a few days you will have a new episode of venture bros to listen to uh every monday we are now in the thick of season four we just recorded yesterday that doesn't mean it's coming out tomorrow but we recorded yesterday my favorite episode of season four um i'm saying that while not remembering the rest of the season very well so that might change but as of right now Far and away my favorite episode of season four. Well, and statistic statistically, a lot of them have been your favorite. So that's true. If you say that that is true. <laughs> that's why I'm saying this one of the season so far. Okay, uh, it might change, but I really doubt it will because my favorite character does come up in this episode, and it's basically just a quote machine, and it's so funny. Um, so that's Venture Bros every Monday, 10 a.m. Be sure to read our articles every Wednesday and Friday ish. Uh, we, we've been a little little lackluster on those, but we, during our break, I should be able to write more, so we should have some more articles. Um, and then be sure to listen to Samwise. And, and I can't stress this enough. I'm just going to take an, another minute, although I do this now every week on uh, on After the Hype. But I, I want to take a minute just to talk about Samwise because I don't know why you're not listening to it. Uh, I know a lot of you are, but more of you should be. This is uh, It's a great show, and since she's not on here to do it herself, we'll have to do it for her. Uh, be sure to give her a call, 608 561 2755 or email her at sam.wise.ath at gmail.com for any of your life questions which she will answer with lord of the rings the movies the blu-rays the extended editions uh and their special features and uh i'll extend my same challenge here that i do on venture bros do you think you can stump samwise i challenge you stump samwise because i don't think it can be done um so please give that one a listen and tell all your friends uh and you can do that for after the hype while you're at it too but you know if you're only going to promote one podcast to your friends, 
make it Samwise this week, uh, and then Venture Bros, and then after the hype, we've been around forever. We don't need your help. That's not true at all. Uh, <laughs> think that's get out of here, but don't get right? out of here. <laughs> uh, well, I will say, I will say that uh, we just finished recording about six hours worth of content for Demon Days, the new D and D podcast I'm doing. And uh, I'm going through it now. I've got about the first episode roughly put together. Um, and just that, that shock of getting over my voice. Because uh, I try to just mute it every time on any podcast where I'm on, where I'm just like, my, oh, I'm talking now. Shut it, shut it off. Back on. <laughs> on. Off. So I've had to get over that. But it's been really fun. And we've got a good crew. We've got uh, Sam from Samwise and Johnny Wrecker, who's been on our show before here for After the Hype. A few times, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. And a friend of mine named uh, Andrew Staten. He's... Yeah, we go back a ways, but we've never played uh, any geek-type things, even while we were living together. So it's been great to get back into that. Oh, that's fun. And Yeah, and so that by the time this comes out, I'll hopefully have a release date and things planned out. I've got a few more artistic things planned, but you know, it's all social media stuff. Yeah, well, it's coming soon, and uh, you also, I'm also part of it. Don't, don't forget me. Just sitting over here like a pile of chopped liver. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, literally who? No. <laughs> uh, I, I, I will be the, the narrator uh, and intro and exit voice for now. I might join the table at some point. It all depends yeah, on timing. I, I feel like I might uh, make you uh, do a character sheet anyways just to um, get into character. I mean, I don't see why not. I have fun with this stuff. It's <laughs> The only reason I'm not around the table now is because I'm doing all this other stuff. Hosting a lot of right. podcasts is a lot of work. Uh, Being the king of podcasts is <laughs> quite a bit of work. God, yes. my kingdom has to be so small and so sad and so <laughs> hungry. <laughs> oh, sorry. Facebook's always Facebook's always creeping around like worm tongue. There's a Lord of the Rings reference. <laughs> uh, okay, I think that's enough of an outro. I think we can say goodbye to everybody. All right, cool. All right. <laughs> okay, uh, then I will say goodbye. Thank you for listening, and be sure to tune in next week where Chu and I will be doing one of these. Okay, so bye. Uh, thank you for listening, and bye again. Bye! All right, Inspector Gadget. Doodly doo doo. <laughs>